Welcome back to another episode of Keone Chats. My name is Keone and I am your host. So last week I took off from releasing any episodes just because I wanted to take a step back, breathe a little bit, let the creative juices recharge and see how I can attack episode 11 in different ways than I have in the previous 10 weeks. And you know what? My brother, he, uh, I hate to admit that he was right, but he would always joke around with me and say that, oh, when you hit season two, you should do this, 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 this. And I'm like, is there really a season two? Because I kind of thought it was all one season, you know, no endless numbers. But, you know, he, he dang it, he was right. So I'm not going to tell all my secrets or all my plans just because got to add some mystery to it all. But, you know, I, uh, I'm very excited for that time off because I don't usually plug my stuff because there's nothing really else I'm working on. This podcast takes a good chunk of my time outside of work. But if you are a fan of DC, if you love Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, all of them, then I took on the challenge before I actually started this podcast to watch all of the DC animated movies ever created. Now, that's a tall task. So I've just broken into maybe like a year, two years, three years. So if you enjoyed that, go to my website, keoniconlu.com, click blogs, and then click on the DC photo. That will take you to the whole series. Just let me know what you think. Even if I'm wrong, even if you think, you know, I don't agree with this, 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 totally fine. But I just thought I should let everyone know that it's uh, going to be an ongoing project as even as of, let's say, five years ago. You know, they, DC, Warner Brothers, they, they pumped out a lot of movies. And I absolutely loved, I love those DC animated movies. Just because the storylines they're able to tell without any restrictions as far as actors, live actions with actors and scheduling and all this and this and this. So, you know, uh, currently I think I just finished 2013. So, you know, starting to hit that, you know, slide towards the new decade but yeah check it out um i released that on saturday instead of the episode so that's that was my substitute and if you are watching this interview over or episode actually if you're watching this episode over youtube if you see a little bit of a dark spot over my right eye uh, it is because this last week and some change i have been dealing with a sty it's uh, not the funnest thing or the sexiest thing to talk about, but I want everyone to know that if you are watching this through YouTube, I'm okay. It looks bigger during the interview with Chloe just because even three days ago, you know, I, I approached this I approached this kind of treatment uh, differently. So it's much better. It's down, but still there. Uh, so yeah, I'm okay. So I hope it's not too distracting. I hope it doesn't gross you out. So, But if you're listening to this episode through Spotify or iTunes, you guys are good. Solid. And, you know, uh, I got this great haircut. Again, if you're listening, because I apologize, you can't really see it. Um, but I got the haircut at this new barber shop called The Barbers, oddly enough, uh, located on Millican Way. And uh, it... It was a new experience for me just because I got used to going to my usual haircut place and paying a, you know below the $20 mark. But I had the thought of, let's try something new, A. B, 
your life is getting a little more comfortable as you're working more and more in the workforce. So let's let's see if you can upgrade the uh, cost in your haircuts. So, you know, I went to the barbers and uh, I got a haircut. I got this haircut from a wonderful woman named Melvy, M-E-L-V-Y, uh, six, early 60s Hispanic woman. And, you know, she, she told me we opened up, we connected and made the haircut more memorable uh, just because she told me how she's feeling about all this COVID and how her family's doing and, um, you know, that her daughter is a teacher. And she even told me, you know, some, she told me some positive, so it wasn't all negative. She showed me photos from her 4th of July weekend, and uh, she went to create a lake and how beautiful and blue the lake looked. So, you know, it was uh, it was an absolute blast getting to know her and getting to hear about her story. So I ended up tipping her the most I've ever tipped a barber. You know, I'll, uh, I will be I will humbly say that I am not a great tipper, something I'm working on. So people that I know in the customer service that are listening, I apologize. I'm working on it. So, yeah, uh, great customer service. I love to provide that to people, and I love to get receive it, obviously. So I just want to recognize her. So if you guys are in gals, need a haircut, go to Millican Way in Beaverton, Oregon. Go to the barber. Ask for Melvy, M-E-L-V-Y. Fantastic lady. So, going back to <laughs> why you're here today, the episode today features my best friend, Chloe Shaughnessy. You know, I met her in 2014, and how we met was very millennial. It was very, yeah, 21st century. It was a very 21st century. You know, I want, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but you know, we met, and then and it's not until, like, I want to say maybe two years later or something like that, where we actually sat next to each other in the University of Oregon Journalism and Communications classroom, started talking. Next thing you know, we're best friends. And, you know, we tell each other, even at the end of the interview, when the camera was turned off, I, I told her, like, oh, I'll let you go finish your day out. I love you. Take care. And, you know, it was, it's I, – I don't feel like I'd say that enough to – some people, and there are some people I say that almost too much to. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's just part of me being vocal about my emotions. So I'm trying to work on that. Without further ado, let's dive in to the conversation, the chat that I had with Chloe Marie Shaughnessy. very excited to get to talk with my great friend Chloe Marie Shaughnessy you know I always think of your name like one of those roller coasters going up and down up and down (laughs) yeah my parents are really great at rhyming experts yeah how's the family doing by the way in uh back in Eugene they're okay I think they're holding you know they're kind of just like holding tight yeah 
bunkering down for all of the shelter in place kind of stuff but like I know that's not like an actual order down there but like my family is like very cautious and so they're just kind of like laying low yeah yeah and then brother wise I know he graduated was it uh is he still in college or did he graduate already no he has kind of a tumultuous relationship with school he's really really smart but he hates being told what to do so (laughs) he's not uh he's not super into like school and that kind of stuff. I think he has on and off uh, started pursuing like accreditations for like building inspectors and like trying to like get into like a higher paying position in the field that he's in now. Um, And so I think that's like schooling wise kind of where he's at, but he's like, he's not, he's not cut out for the college life. At least he thinks so. I think he is, but like he just doesn't. Yeah. The need to go, you know. Yeah, and you think that you know, you're the older sibling. I know for my situation, when I was with my brother, and I was a younger brother, he'd always push me to go, go do the college thing, go, go be, you know, extroverted, go talk to people, go get drunk responsibly. But <laughs> <laughs> I can, I think it's just for the younger generation now. You think that they just want to go to college just to drink, not really study that's a that's the impression i was getting as i was getting older and older and older and so much older <laughs> god i don't know my brother is just like like i said he's really smart but he's also really really stubborn and like mm-hmm. he yeah really doesn't like to be told what to do and i think things like and this is kind of like it's great that your brother could influence your decisions and like could help you like get to college but um for my brother if I tell him to do anything he would do the opposite or just like refuse to like make any moves so I think as like as we've gotten older I've just realized how incredibly different we are and how different we're motivated and Mm. for him it's like he has to he has to want it and then like once he wants it you can encourage him but you can't force him to like make a choice and so i'm trying to to respect that you know (laughs) i i would say to some degree i mean you you're also kind of not to put this in an insult but like you you can be a little stubborn sometimes you can you can be a little hard to motivate i mean whatever do you mean (laughs) (laughs) oh i guess not like stubborn i guess it should be um you don't like being told what to do that that I do remember you being a little bit against because oh, I can't remember I do remember a situation where oh I think Mackenzie Hanley was like having a party or something like that or we we're gonna go to a bar and then I was like oh Chloe I thought you don't drink and then you're like don't tell me what I can I cannot do I was like yeah that sounds all right I mean listen I think there's a difference <laughs> between I think there's a lot of things that's different there like Mm -hmm. especially between like my brother and I it's like absolutely no one can sway his decision making I think while you're my friend (laughs) you are also a male and I think I'm often very sensitive to like male presences trying to like dominate my decisions um and so it's like you know while your question was valid, like in that situation, I think that 
I have a much more intense like knee-jerk reaction to like the male species trying to control what I can and cannot do so I, I it's not your fault <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> like that's like my own bias like I just don't take kindly to I think that and so now would you say that's something that you developed as you got older or is that something that kind of got started in the childhood home that kind of like knee-jerk reaction you just mentioned I mean probably both I mean I think you know it probably starts when you're young and then like certain biases are fortified by like different people's actions as you like get older and so I mean I think it's just such an incredible time to I think be a woman I think that we've really pushed a lot of boundaries on like what we can and can't do like how we should and shouldn't look like who we can and can't love like I think god thank god for gen z's and like you know (laughs) really kind of like pushing the envelope there but I think that um you know I try to like frame it as like I am an I'm I'm a woman who has the choice to make any choice that I want and while maybe in this particular scenario that was an overreaction like I still hold true that like I don't think any man should try and dictate any woman's like decisions or life choices yeah yeah and before we start this podcast we talked a little bit about what's going on in the world right now with Black Lives Matters movement and all of the ugliness coming to the surface and um you know, all that ugliness, we, there's some progress I see being made. You know, I see uh, in a sports world kind of term, you know, I see the NFL teams changing names and I see all this progress towards good. Now, when I think about you and how you wanted to assert yourself in a male dominant field as far as like journalism and communications, you've done so many great things as far as, you know, just being a jump in the radio station and then now where you are with work, which we'll get to later, but it's, you're an encouraging story. You're a motivating story, Chloe Shaughnessy. Thanks. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I I think maybe this is another similarity for my brother and I, but once I make up my mind to do something, I like figure it out. Yeah. And I think... I, I will acknowledge that like I do have some privilege in that space where like I think I've been given a lot of opportunities and like have just said yes um but yeah I don't know I think that a lot of it is like I just knew I I wanted to and I thought I could and so I did yeah where would you say you got that mindset from was that like a mom or dad or grandparent that drivenness a drive I I don't know I mean I don't think like a person per se gave it to me I think if anything it would have been like my best friend growing up like I think her family had a really profound influence on me since I like didn't spend a ton of time around my own family mm-hmm. um but I, I like her mom is like the epitome of like confident and just like instilled that so hard into like all of her children I think like symbiotically like just like being around them it's something that like you pick up on like if you're told it's like I don't know it's like that theory where if you're told you are something enough times you start to believe it Mm -hmm. 
And I think that often that example is used in a negative context, but I think it's also true in a positive way where like if somebody constantly tells you like, wow, you're so smart, like, wow, you're so capable, like you're so driven, you're so resilient, like you start to really believe that about those things. I think once you believe those things about yourself, like you embody them to the fullest extent. Yeah, no, and I I totally am trying to adapt that mindset of, you know, repeatedly tell myself, it's going to be a great day, even though like I'm dragging myself out of bed and I just want to take a nap again. But, you know, I the mean, positive yeah, thinking. Narratives. <laughs> the narratives we tell ourselves are so powerful. And like, just because you're good at like one narrative in your life doesn't mean you're great at all narratives in your life, right? There are like, yeah. there's a whole book of narratives that like, is you you know, but this one narrative in particular has served me really well. So (laughs) I'll take it. Do you still talk to that childhood friend? Is it Athena or someone else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we honestly had a bit of a falling out for reasons I don't particularly want to go into right now. Sure. Um, but I think that the, the basis of it is I think that our lives just went in really different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's often hard to reconcile when you're so close to somebody. Like, I think there's a lot of pain that comes from that. And often people don't deal with pain in very graceful ways. Yeah. Um, and so. Which is unfortunate. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's also just part of life. I mean, you and I, we were, I considered ourselves like best friends in college and, no, we we haven't talked that much, but I think the true telltale sign of like strong friendship bond is when you can just pick things up right there. As soon as we see each other on webcam, you're like, oh my God, remember that one time yesterday? And then I make you, I just feel like, <clears throat> it just feels like, no, we haven't missed a beat. Yeah, I think I would agree. I have certain friends that lots and lots and lots of time can pass and like when we do catch up it's like we just hung out yesterday um and I do acknowledge that some relationships take more effort than that and they should Mm -hmm. but I think the the people who are going to stick around the longest are going to be okay with that they're going to be okay and like acknowledge that like life is like that sometimes you know yeah yeah at first I was you know Oh, I want to see Chloe, you know, a little try to, you know, make things happen when sometimes it's just too much out of the realm of, of probability. And then, you know, it's just now I'm just accepting the fact that things will come when they come. And if it happens, it happens. But if I can't force things because, you know, you're a busy woman. I'm a busy guy. We're, you know, when our when our railroads collide in a very dark imagery about the paint, <laughs> it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I just think that, like, you know, that the absence of communication does not mean the lack of um, connection. I don't, I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, but, like, just because I don't talk to somebody doesn't mean that that, like, friendship isn't there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not to damper you but some sometimes texting is not something you're very much on top of which is again totally fine because i know how busy you are but it's like for me it's like i at least sent it out she knows that i'm thinking about her in this moment good i'll go live my life for now 
Yeah. Yeah. And I like fully <laughs> acknowledge I am the world's worst texter. I just like, and I, I don't know if this is just like a me thing or if it's like, I would love to see a study and see if like <clears throat> other people who work in social media are like this, but like by the time I'm done with my day, like I will have like back to back to back to back to back meetings or I will like be looking at my computer like all day or I will be on my phone like working doing this stuff like by the time I'm done with the day the last thing I want to do is like look at another screen or like touch another device yeah so often it's like I'm too busy during the day to like respond to things because I'm working and then by the time I'm done I just don't I just don't have any energy left to like respond to things I know that's not like not an excuse but like <laughs> that's often where I'm at when I'm like I see that you have said something I just do not have the energy to like respond in a way that's meaningful because I also yeah. don't want to just be like okay great thanks bye yeah. like uh, I, I I hate that too so it's like it's just like catch 22 where I'm like I don't have enough energy because I'm tired but I want to give it the energy it deserves yeah so. And your your job again, you're with screens all day, whether it's computer or phones, and then you do just want to disconnect. How much of that balancing act do you have when it comes to being with technology all day and then wanting to be outdoors and explore? I mean, I granted you're still in lockdown, COVID, and all that, but how much of that urgency to be in a, on a hike is uh, tempered down when you're looking at screens all day? I mean, I think. I think the screens like fuel the desire, right? Like I will go outside for a long walk at the end of the day, even if I can't like get a hike in mm. or I will go outside and work out in my backyard or I will plan a really long like hike on the weekend. Cause that's like, that's my favorite thing to just like go outside, blast some music on a drive somewhere, spend a lot of time outdoors, like, hiking just being like in nature and then coming back eating a burger and beer and like <laughs> you know like watching some netflix and falling asleep and like in nowhere in that realm am i like on my phone needing to like text and be around you know yeah. so that's yeah. like maybe maybe this is just my core personality but i prefer to not be like on my phone <laughs> Yeah, and you know that's that kind of disconnect. That's that's pretty refreshing, especially nowadays where technology is everywhere. I mean, we're using it right now to talk. And mm-hmm. what what would you say when you do go on those long drives out to the country, blasting music? What does that do to your mental health as far as you know after putting in all that mental power into social media or just being a you know, community manager and work in general? I mean, I think that often the way that our line of work like happens is it's a lot of like quick pivots Mm -hmm. it's like you're doing something and you have to like stop and put a fire out over here you have to like stop and do this or answer this question and I think often it just feels like I'm spinning in circles all day you know that there's just like not a real linear line of like thought progression from start to finish and what I love about like driving somewhere or like going on a hike is that like you complete a task from start to finish you have the room and capability to like really think I think that I often I miss that just like having the space to like be with my thoughts 
and like not be like constantly interrupted. Um, And I think that, I mean, God, this is like something that I feel really silly saying as somebody who does work in social media, but like, (laughs) I, I hate the effect that people like, that people use the platform for validation. Like, I don't think that you, I don't think that people should be looking to like, Instagram or Facebook or whatever just to get like their self-confidence through like likes and comments and like because I feel like that's like the junk food of like validation right it's easiest the quickest and like the least healthy but I think when you go and accomplish a task like going out and doing a really hard hike or like going out and having a face-to-face now with face masks but like you know whatever like conversation like with a real human like that level of connectivity and validation and like self-fulfillment is so much richer and more meaningful than like anything we can do online mm-hmm. in my opinion um and it's like you know in a world where like we are in covid and like we can't do those things necessarily all the time like i 100% appreciate that like social media and all these different platforms have given us a place to find connectivity where other bits have been taken away but I think if that's the only form of connectivity and validation that you're getting like you're setting yourself up for not a good time yeah I mean when when you were talking just now it made me think of a movie called um what is it Ingrid Goes West with Aubrey Plaza and uh Ice Cube's son and you know she you know, the, there's not to go in detail about the plot. Basically, she follows this influencer, you know, across the country because she wants to be like the influencer because her life is so bad. And she is driven by seeing that influencer get all these likes, get all these like posts, and then she actually copies all those posts. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty dark because it's actually true that some people can get to that extent. So kudos to you, Abby Plaza be able to pull that pull that one off pretty well yeah I mean that's internet culture at its finest Mm -hmm. I mean not to like further I don't know I feel like I'm getting really negative about it but like (laughs) I mean think about TikTok as a platform the whole premise is that there's like a trend that you hop Mm -hmm. on and you recreate it like you know it's just it it's it's an interesting thing to observe and like in another life I would love to go back and like study this as like a psychologist and like figure out sort of like the long-term effects of social media on our brains because I think it would be pretty illuminating yes yes and again that might be something for future Chloe as we probably need to gather more info or we probably could get info on that now yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person to be asking this question, and I'm sure that some studies already exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think as technologies evolve, those kinds of questions will just need to be asked Yeah. again yeah. and again, you know. Yeah. So I did have a, a, an agenda of things I wanted to talk with you, <laughs> <laughs> which I love this. I love going off into little banters and just going off little uh, branching points. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I tell people that I know you, I absolutely love how we met and I absolutely love our story. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell it? 
I mean, sure. I'll, I mean, I'll tell it from my perspective and okay. you can, you can tell it from yours if I get anything wrong. <laughs> um, I had just broken up with someone I was dating for around like two years and one of my friends, I was like sitting on a couch and she was just like, you know, have you heard of this thing called Tinder? Like you should get on it and like, just go out on a couple of dates and like, you know, just like get back out there. Like just go talk to people. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. So made a profile and I think you were like one of my first matches or something like that. And so we decided to meet at a Starbucks and we went on a date and like, you're really nice, but like, I just like, I feel like I was just too fresh from what I had just like gone through. I was like, you know what? He's a nice guy, but like, I just like, I'm not ready. Like, I'm not ready for this. And so we, I think we had tried to talk a little bit more, but like, I was just like, not in the right mental space for that. And so like, we kind of stopped talking for a bit. And then, like, I transferred from, like, a community college to the U of O, and, like, we were both transfer students in the journalism program, so we ended up in, like, all of the same classes. <laughs> it was, like, we were all in all the transfer seminars and yeah. in all of the same, like, J school courses and all of that jazz, and I was just, like, all right, like, <laughs> my friend is back. <laughs> like, we are here to hang out. <laughs> um and so yeah and then we just got we're really close and like spent a lot of time together and yeah that, it, that was it it was absolutely great I yeah that's that's pretty much how I would I summed it up too but you know just I wanted to meet more people I wanted to you know explore Eugene see like oh can I what kind of people can I meet from these areas and you know we I had the day with you and I just remember some time passed yeah and then we both ended up in the same j school classroom and then i was like holy crap oh hey <laughs> and then oh you know i think it, i i'm not sure if i was coming off a relationship at that time or uh, i was still you know i was single for a long periods of times you know it's it was only re not just it's only recently where like my single period has been like shorter and shorter and shorter but you know i just knew this uh I just knew I just wanted to talk to people. So I figured journalism was a great place for me to get into. And um, I'm very happy that we got to go on this journey together. And we made some pretty interesting videos <laughs> for school. Yeah, yeah. The J school was a hoot. Honestly, a lot of it feels like a blur. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I was just like not sleeping and eating like a regular human should. So I feel like it's had a profound effect on my memory. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it was good it was I, I love that program I'm glad yeah. that that was where I decided to land so how did you find that program or what made you want to go into that field I was originally a psych major um and really at the end of the day I just love human behavior um but I also recognize that I'm extremely empathetic and that being a psychologist or um, a counselor as I was like kind of gearing up to be was going to be too emotionally taxing for me mm. it was going to be something that like I, I would have a really hard time like keeping my own mental health up with and so I decided to pivot and it went into PR which in my mind felt like a great way to help people but on like a broader scale like helping companies like talk about what they're good about and like connect others and 
all of that jazz. So that was the thought. And then I just loved all the programs and like all the courses and, um, and it just felt like the right fit. Now, I, I have a feeling that some of these major courses like sociology, psychology, journalism, or, you know, geology or for some odd reason, I feel like some of them tend to intertwine. Some of them tend to like overlap with each other because, you know, with the journalism, you know, and PR, you are sort of studying how people react to, let's say, an ad you're making for a company. Well, what has your experience been in the professional field of, you know, I'm not, PRing and community manager, would that still kind of coincide with each other? What I do now is probably a lot more marketing. Okay. I mean, it's like a little bit of PR, but like to your point, all of these things kind of blend together, at least in my mind. Um, but I think technically like my field would be marketing. Mm. Um, still studying some way of people's interpretations of ads and whatnot and how you presented this company. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, everything we do is about people, at least in my current role. It's about telling people stories. It's about um, supporting people. It's about connecting people. It's about understanding people so you know how to say what you're trying to say to them. And I think that's the through line, I think, through a lot of professions, right? It's just people. I mean, anywhere from like psychology to marketing to blanking on another profession like even like the service industry or you know um banking like you're you're dealing with people's money like you know that the ability to understand humans and like help them achieve what they're looking to do is like I think the root of pretty much everything that drives our economy so yeah pretty much I mean we've seen it with you know the lockdowns early early stages of the COVID lockdowns where there was no one out and about, no shops were getting any service or any businesses. And now, now the world's opening back up, but now these big companies are still filing for bankruptcy because I, I don't know, maybe they just didn't break even last month, but yeah, they, they didn't have the people and it's all about the people. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, people. It's, yeah. It's an interesting spot. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I feel like I wish there was, and I think there is like a master's program at the U of O that encompasses like PR journalism and marketing or something like that. It's like, Hmm. it's like the big, do you remember my Ryan Hagen? I think he was one of our TAs one time. Oh, was it in, um, I think so. Yeah. I kind of remember him. Yeah. He was like a, he played for the Ducks at one point and he like came back and he was getting like his master's or something like that. But he was doing like a, a three level one where you got all three in one program. Hmm. And I think there, there's a reason why that program exists, right? Because like yeah. those things all play really well together. Are you saying, you, are you saying you want to go back to school together? that was the most cringiest face i've seen you make you're like that." (laughs) if i go back to school i'm doing it abroad like i'm not going back to the (laughs) uvo as much as i loved my experience there um i lived too much of my life in that space so yeah, how was that, by the way? You know, going living in Eugene, going to school, high school in Eugene, and then going to college in Eugene. 
that's got to be exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I think when I finally, I, I think that there was a lot of growth that happened in my life between the ages of like 17 and like 25. I think I learned a lot about myself. Um, one of which is that I, I need change. And I think like how important change is and like everybody's life. Like, I think there's something to be said about having a community and like being around your people, like, and being able to like develop deep roots. Right. But I think there's also something to be said about leaving your bubble to like learn more about yourself. Um, like there's a, there's a reason the hero's journey is like the greatest like narrative arc of all time. Right. And the, like the foundation of that is leaving home, the call to adventure. Right. Um, and I think that I spent honestly, like a little too long, like being there, but I think there were a lot of just like low barrier to entry choices that made it really easy for me to stay. Like, for community college, like, it was really easy because I could, like, live at home and, like, get my schooling, like, paid for through grants and, like, all that kind of stuff for my first two years at a community college. And then, like, U of O is, like, an easy transfer school from that community college. They set it up to be a pipeline, right? It, like, yep. makes the most sense. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of, like, random because I like, I only applied for one job, like, right, for graduation, and then I got it. (laughs) Um, And so like, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on staying. But I think when you are a recent college graduate from a journalism program, and you're told over and over again, like, jobs are going to be tight, like jobs are hard to find, like, if when you get one, the last thing you want to do is turn it down. So, um, you know, and not that I'm not grateful for that experience, but like in an ideal world, I would have found that job elsewhere and like moved somewhere else sooner. Right. I get that. And I'm just now getting in, you know, finally using my degree after what, four years, three years uh, removed from college. So, I mean, I'm really, I was super happy for you when I heard that you got this position, uh, Granted, it was still in Eugene, but, you know, you still got to use your degree right off the bat. And that was, I finally got that feeling when, not this current job, but the last job I was at, where I got to be on social, to work their social media. And, you know, again, it's not what I got my degree in, but it's still related to that. I was like, sweet, right. I could, I could use this to some degree, but can I actually do it proficiently? Can I actually yeah. take the non-educational experiences I've gotten? and apply it to this big company yeah, it was failures and successes right that's how life is though yeah I think you know it's like I think that your degree probably helped in other ways the other jobs you were doing but I think it, there's like a different like satisfaction that comes from like really kind of doing like what you were hoping to do you know yeah. And even leaving college, you know, I was like, I wanted to be a broadcaster, but I'm having a lot more fun doing this podcast, talking with yourself or people like yourself that have interesting stories and trying to get them to the surface. Because is this your first time on a podcast? I don't believe so. I believe you've been on maybe a couple. 
I have been on the back end of a lot of podcasts, like the editing and like post-production stuff and like the setup, but mm-hmm. um, I've never been interviewed before. So See, I normally is... do the interviewing. Ah, this is the fun part about it too. Cause like, yeah, a bunch of the people I've talked to, they've never been on podcasts or fans though, but you know, getting to get them to be a guest, they're like, I see a little spark of enjoyment in their eyes or in their words. I'm just like, ah, my heart's full. I did That's good. good. <laughs> yeah. And it's a win-win, right? Because like you're enjoying it, they're enjoying it. It's just, you know, there's no real agenda. I mean, there, there's some outline, but like, you know, it's just yeah. questions. You're just having a conversation. Yeah. And so during your time as the back end of the podcast sceneries, what, what would you recommend to someone like myself trying to get this going in full steam? I think, I think having sort of like an, an, a through line of your podcast that like differentiates you. Cause I think that there, there has to be a thing that like draws people in. Right. Um, other than just like knowing some of the people who are in the podcast. Um, well, I guess, wait, like, let me ask you this. Like, what, like, what do you want to achieve with this podcast? You just want to keep it as like a hobby? Like, do you want, do you want it to get bigger? Like, do you want like to become like famous for like, you know, like what, it depends on what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's something I asked myself too. Like, what's my end goal with this? At first it was a hobby. At first it was just a passion project, something to help get myself over a breakup. And then um, it just kind of turned into a fun thing that's kind of involving my family too. Like my brother and my dad, they're super you know, excited about it. They always give me these random ideas. It's like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. I'm like, I've never seen you this excited about something I've done in my whole life. So it's a good feeling there. Um, I would like to, you know, get some bigger, get, not to say like the people I've talked to so far and you're clean yourself. I'd say they're not bigger, but like more high profile names. So mm-hmm. I got some ideas and uh, obviously I'm not going to reveal them because that's just not fun. Yeah, I have some surprise in life. Um, so that's that's kind of where I want trying to push it towards just like you know I, I can have a conversation with friends or people I have some connection with well how can I take that and talk to people I don't have a connection with how can I take that and you know just try to create a connection with someone so it's more of a tool also as well as just helping with my you know mental strength and mental therapy type just to open up and connect yeah it's kind of where I'm going no I think that that's great and I think that I would identify like it doesn't need to be specific but like the broad topic that you want all of these things to focus around whether it be like career or um mental health or like you know life the hero's journey like you know whatever it may be and like carve out that space for yourself to be the authority on that thing And then as you identify other people who you like are bigger names and like want to come on the show, you, that's, that's what you pitch. You're like, I'm a podcast that talks about like the intersectionality of millennials and COVID or millennials and mental health or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Be like, and I think that you would have something really profound to say about that. Like, is there some time like that would work for me to just chat with you about 
your expertise in XYZ or like your experience with da da da. I think having a really clear like reason why you want them to be a part of what you're doing makes it really easy for them to decide whether or not it's a good fit for them. Yeah, because there was one company I approached to do the podcast and you know, at first it was it was a little bit of a hard sell because you know they're just trying to see if it would be beneficial to them to take time out of their day and so I'm like okay well you know I I think I love what you guys are doing for the Filipino community let me I want to talk to you about that and you know the story behind all you guys coming together and doing what you're doing I think that's very interesting too so yeah, I think if I carved out a little more of a detailed pitch, I think that might be yeah. pretty beneficial. Well, and I think it's kind of hard, too, because we think about some of, like, the big-name podcasters, right? Mm-hmm. Like Joe Rogan or, you know, like, uh, armchair expert, like Dax Shepard. Their thing is that they're famous. They're like, yeah. I'm a famous person. Like, you want to yeah. talk to me kind of thing, right? Yeah. But with people who maybe are coming from the other end of it, it's like you almost have to like work even harder to like differentiate yourself and be like, this is why, you know, like this is why I'm here and this is why you should listen to what I have to say, which is kind of a weird space. Like the, the one podcast I worked on in Portland, it was a black gay man and, um, a Asian woman and a lot of what they talked about was the intersectionality of their lives and they Mm -hmm. spoke really um, candidly about their experiences as those kinds of people in Portland Mm -hmm. you know and like what how their cultural identities and the things that make them them are affecting their lives and the people around them like in like let's call a spade a spade like a predominantly white city yeah you know yeah. i was about to mention that but <laughs> yeah and so i i think that like that's like a really contextual example of like something that they can really own really speak to and then when they brought people on they knew that like that was the kind of like topic that they were gonna like discuss yeah um yeah is that helpful no it is it is it is i'm just okay. like as you're talking and I'm like absorbing what you're listening to, I'm just trying to think of how I, how I can, you know, you talked about earlier lifestyle about pivots. I was just like, how can I pivot that? You know, obviously I don't have a, that's, that's a pretty strong pitch. Gay, black, you want, and Asian. So I'm like, Ooh, do you want wow. my million dollar idea? Do you want what I would give to you? Sure. I think you should talk about the, like career and like transition and like chasing your dreams. I think especially now a podcast that talks about the experience of degree to career to, you know, chasing your dream, whether it be like, hey, I went to college, I did this thing. And then I actually like, I fucking hated it. So like (laughs) I dropped out and now I'm a chef and I like, you know, I'm doing this or, hey, I'm a recent graduate and like, what the hell do I do if finding a job in COVID? Like, I think that like, that would be something that people would find incredibly useful, especially if you're connecting with people who are like, have made it through and have like, say, you know, sage Mm -hmm. quote unquote, like words of advice. 
Yeah, because like my last guest, you know, he is a, a he's one out of five siblings, and all f- all four of them graduated college, and he didn't graduate college, and you know, right. That, right there, I was just like, ooh, that's that's a nugget, that's that's something I can grow off, that's something I can kind of dive into a little bit more, and you know, I did. It was that's that's a that's actually kind of been the better definition of this podcast mission statement i guess the best way to put it yeah. just because looking at the topic she has sent you yeah it's basically your it's basically your linkedin profile <laughs> and just trying to figure out what kind of experiences you got from each job and how it got to where you are today so look yeah. at that friendship still stays strong <laughs> i feel like people's career trajectories are almost as interesting as like their dating life sometimes really? it's just like <laughs> you're like how the hell did you end up here or like yeah wow that was like a really interesting stint there like what did you learn about yourself like being yeah. a part of this or you know like what do you what would you like warn other people about about this thing you know or whatever it may be now did you continue on with the the tindering and uh, all those dating apps um i will say like maybe more recently because you know obviously trying to connect with people it's kind of hard to do that person to person and have you been uh, trying those out i mean i think that like i have a long standing history of avoidance when it comes <laughs> to dating um I just like I I don't know I I often just find like better ways to spend my time for me personally mm-hmm. um and I like I have like I've had things like I've Fling, like seen, flings yeah yeah I've had like stints of time with people um and yeah, like I've had like I was really into like my best friend for a while and like didn't tell him for a really long time so like I feel like the dating on apps was very like Mm half-hearted like it was just kind of like (laughs) I was like yeah I'm just doing this because I feel like I should not because I like want to yeah um but I'm like queen of first dates I (laughs) am gonna write like a coffee table book um of which the chapters would be thus far two guys one first date um rape jokes tarot cards um <laughs> social media never sleeps <laughs> and uh alpha males so <laughs> it's been great um i have recently odd enough like started seeing ish someone i don't we haven't like quite figured out what is like going on sure um still checking the waters yeah yeah i mean i think it's more about like i just need to process like how i feel and like what i want but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's been fun so far and that was like a hinge thing so like yeah i started using that too (laughs) yeah Oh no, man! Not sponsored, but <laughs> not at all. Of course not. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's. I think you, I'm trying to be more picky about my partners going forward, just because you know the last two were kind of, you know, I, you know me. I can sometimes follow my heart a little too strong. So 
um, they they kind of led me into those places where I, let's say those most partners I selected they weren't there yet and maybe I just pushed a little too hard or just pushed in the wrong directions and you know now going forward it's just like I think I'm gonna really be selective about this process because I you know it I, my time is getting more precious especially with you know me getting busy with this podcast and then trying to write some stuff i write blog posts so there you go here's my plug for myself um uh so yeah it's like you know i need to find someone that can understand that i'm busy and understand that i need to do things myself and i need to be myself more than just with myself with you and yeah so i started using the dating apps again and for for yourself when you use the tinder does some first remnants... of all i love that you call it the tinder <laughs> <laughs> or tindering <laughs> yeah that makes me laugh the the tinder it's like when people call it the facebook <laughs> uh to some degree when i use the tinder um i i kind of think about our story and how like if this doesn't work out could we still become friends and could we you know still become best friends and i'm always trying to find that way to turn it into that for you do you still have that at all somewhere in the back of your mind? Like, could this become a friendship if this doesn't work out? I think, I, I don't know. It's been interesting. Cause like one of the, there was one guy I talked to for like years and we were so like, it was like never very clear, like what was going on, but like we were talking for like such a long time and like, we would go on trips together and go camping together and just like all yeah. this random stuff. And so that was like, it was so weird and ambiguous that it's like, we were friends question mark. Like, it was just like kind of a weird thing. Like it was never really like defined. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with like all of these like first dates, it's like the reason it's only a first date is because like, I don't, I don't want to hang out with them ever again. So oh. it's like, it's like a, it's like a no, like, it's like a heart. It's going to be like, it's going to be a no for me, dog, like channeling my inner, like Randy <laughs> Jackson. Um, but I think that there have been other times where like I dated somebody who was like friends of a friend and like, we're still friends. Like every time, like I'm in town, like we'll hang out and grab coffee. Like, so I think it's possible. It just kind of like depends on the person. And I don't know if necessarily like dating apps for me are like the right place to find like that friendship I feel like you're just a you're you're a diamond in the rough my friend but like (laughs) the I think a lot of other people it's like they're there for a reason and if like you're not going to provide that space for them like they're not into it and like vice versa it's like you know yeah it's just weird when you go into it with like those expectations and I think candidly had we not had all those j school classes together i i don't know if we would have been friends either so like so we should just thank the universe for that so thank you thank you so when when you mentioned earlier queen of first dates basically do you give them like the lemon law it's like you have like 10 minutes to capturize my attention and if it doesn't work out i'm out I have never heard that before. It's, so, like, it's a car no. term also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, never. I don't. 
I think that for me, it kind of goes one of two ways. Either I show up and like, I can tell pretty immediately that I'm like pretty physically attracted to somebody. And then I get like super nervous. I can't breathe. My palms are sweaty. You know, mom spaghetti, the whole M&M thing. (laughs) Um, And then like, I just like, I can't be myself. And like, that sucks. Like you don't, you don't want to like be like that around people. But I think often when you aren't yourself, people pick up on that and like, they think something weird is happening. And like, so that's the the part where it's like, it's a first date only because like, they're not interested. And that could be for a variety of reasons, but I often attribute it to like, I was so nervous that I seemed like a psycho (laughs) or like (laughs) it goes the other way. And like, I'm not interested or I, yeah, I'm not interested and I'm myself and I can like relax. And like, I kind of like, probably like within an hour of like hanging out with somebody, like I can tell whether or not I'm like physically attracted and like, would like to like, you know, see where it goes. Um, And at that point, I feel like because I am just being like wholeheartedly myself, Mm -hmm. people are like really into that. They're like, oh my God, she's so just relaxed and nice (laughs) and funny or, you know, whatever. Um, But then it's like, it's not reciprocated. So I often find myself like in two, like, no fly zones but in like different directions um but I think when you find the middle ground Mm -hmm. and it it makes sense like that's when you're like all right like this is this makes sense but I think often you have to suss out and kind of weed out all of these other things especially with online dating Mm -hmm. before you can find the middle ground how exhausting is that mentally to try to always be in two separate areas and not have a middle right at the get-go Oh, Lord. Yeah. No, I mean, (laughs) a full disclosure, like, I, like, I've been in therapy now for, like, a couple of months, and, like, this very topic gets talked about a lot, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I think that, you know, like, part of it is my shit, part of it's their shit, we all have shit we bring to the table, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think that, the more aware of these things we become for ourselves and our own patterns, the easier it is to identify and pivot, so to speak. Um, you know, see like kind of like what, where it goes from there. And so you were actually, I, I believe you were one of the first non-family members I told that I was, you know, seeing a therapist and trying to, you know, work on myself following um, a breakup from a relationship from college and, Mm-hmm. You told me that you you saw a therapist for a little bit too at like when you were younger, and then you went back and now you're you just told me that you're you know two months a couple months in to another stint with a therapist what is how would you tell what would you tell people that have this negative connotation towards therapy to tell them that you know it's actually pretty it's actually very helpful i mean if I'm like kind of reading the room based on what people tell me sometimes it's like they feel like psychiatrists are or psychologists are like invasive or they are you know like full of crap or whatever it may be or like it's not a real science or you know like all these other things like that all just kind of feel like cop-outs for basically, I think what the through line there is, is like, they're not ready to deal with their own shit. Mm -hmm. And like, 
that's fine. I think that that's a choice each person needs to make. And I would say that like, if you're not ready to like do the work, don't go, like, yeah. don't waste your time. Like, cause it, it, it only works if you're willing to put in the work to make it work. Yeah. Cause I know like once the, you know, the experience from that college relationship was over, I was, I was completely moved on. I felt better. Then I just stopped seeing the therapist. And then now like, times where like yeah, I was dealing with this last breakup I was like I kind of wish I still saw him but I stopped seeing him because like I didn't know what else to work on and I didn't want to like waste his time and just talk about oh you know just oh I'm just hanging out really just not doing much you know it's it, it's true that you need to it's like school you gotta be able yeah yeah do your homework you gotta come prepared to work because if you just come there and sit with no pencil no paper what are you doing yeah, I mean, and let's, the reality of the situation is, like, I'm really lucky because my insurance is, like, like really great, um, <laughs> but in actuality, for a lot of people, it's, there's a barrier to entry in both, like, mm-hmm. finding somebody that works for you, like, like, it's cost, like, it's fairly expensive, like, and not to mention, like, there's often a barrier, especially for low-income people, like, to getting there like often like even getting there physically is like an issue right Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, honestly like it sucks but maybe one of the like silver linings of COVID for me personally is like all of these doctors are now doing it via webcam you know like you can have all of your sessions um from the comfort of your home and like it's really hard to come up with an excuse to not do it when literally you just have to like open up your computer and like sign on, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's, you know, I've, there's a podcaster that basically got me inspired to do this. His, uh, he preaches mental health and he preaches, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's, yeah, it's like, you know, doctors available via text, no matter what, or no matter what time and available via email. Um, but yeah, that availability is, is becoming nicer, which is one of those, yeah, silver linings in this crappy COVID situation, unfortunately. I mean, it's not perfect. And I don't think like every group of people has the same level of access, but I think that the barrier to entry is getting less and less hard. Yep, exactly. Um, which is progress, right? In the right direction, yeah. at least. Yeah. So. So in your time with the therapist, you know, second stint, uh, and then with your previous desire to be a psychologist for school, does your time with your therapist kind of make that psychology part of your brain still become active or become more more active do you kind of think about it more since you studied psychology for a little bit I think that I mean I don't know what she would say but like I feel like I come into these situations maybe understanding more one from like previous sessions in context of having gone to therapy off and on throughout my life like I kind of know the gist of like what should be happening Mm -hmm. that like what should be happening and what works for me Um, and I mean, like, yes and no, 
to like I guess the psychological part of my brain just because like I don't entirely understand like what that would mean per se but like I think as you start working on things for yourself like you just become more aware of like your behaviors and if like I guess at the crux of like psychology like that that is it being aware of human behavior so like in that way yes but I, I wouldn't say that I'm getting like I'm pulling out my like DSM like seven and like you know flipping through the pages to like figure out what diagnosis I should give myself yeah <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not there yet not there yet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so currently you uh, are working with a big name company and I you know what I want I want to give you the floor to tell me what you do for work and who you work with and because when I heard about this with social media and whatnot my mind slightly exploded I was like what (laughs) that's amazing so Chloe what is it that you do for work um I am a community manager for Facebook um I primarily work on Facebook app which is essentially like the most meta way to say it is I work on Facebook's Facebook page (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I I, like it's kind of crazy like I I think the true testament to like kind of what we said earlier is like saying yes to opportunities, like believing you can do it. Um, and like, you know, not being afraid to ask for what you want and like kind of go for it has kind of got me here. Like I had a decent job in Eugene, Oregon, like was working for a really nice, like small marketing agency. They would have given me anything I wanted. They would let me do any kind of work I wanted. Like um, I think pay wise, like I, I could have probably negotiated something really favorable had I decided to stay. Um, didn't want to do that. Went to an agency in Portland, was there for I think like nine months. And in the time I was there, there was some fluctuation in like accounts and like whether or not like our team was going to like stay intact or not. And that was enough to get me looking for like another gig. And somebody who used to work at that agency happened to get a job at Facebook. Um, And then they pulled somebody else in to get a job at Facebook. And then this person was looking for somebody to work with them. And I just happened to ask the right person at that agency if they knew of anything and anybody hiring and just, you know, got right time, right place, right question, Um, (laughs) right set of skills to get me like through the door. and started working there like around this time last year so it's been about a year at Facebook now um my role has drastically changed several times um I went from being really executional and just kind of doing all these like nitty-gritty tasks to managing vendor relationships to training people to running creative programs to working with our comms people to identify important messaging to working with the international teams. Like, I think, you know, it's at its root, the job that I do is like, I help a team of people moderate Facebook's Facebook page um, and make sure that like the people we're featuring in our content feel safe, um, which is a really obviously hot topic right now. and is hard to do at scale but like in 
our world like that is what I primarily focus on is trying to like have the best experience possible for the people who are involved in the things that we're marketing so god that's just that's just amazing to see you step into that role after you know being a part of your college journey and just, you know all the jobs you had during that time as dj radio host from kwva dj polaris mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and then just to see you you know i know i think you according to your linkedin it said you were a junior community manager for a bit and now you're stepped up and how what were you at all kind of starstruck when you got onto Facebook's campus or what was that first few days like with Facebook? I mean, yeah, like to be frank, I think that, you know, coming from, it was like less than a year from when I left my job in Eugene to when I started my job at Facebook. Like, let's think about that. Like that's, (laughs) fucking crazy (laughs) um and you know I luckily I have some family down here in the bay so I was able to like crash with them like while I figured out like where I was going to stay while I was working down here um but the first day like busting into Menlo like it's just kind of crazy like Mm -hmm. there's so many people to go from a company of 15 to an organization of hundreds of thousands mm. is just kind of like mind blowing, you know? <laughs> um, and just, you know, the amount of stuff and things like they have like six different restaurants. Like the campus is so big that they have like bikes that you just hop on and like ride around to get to your meetings. There's free food everywhere. Like, they have micro kitchens where you can like there's on every third floor there is an espresso machine and a micro kitchen with all the snacks foods and drinks you could like ever imagine god they provide training and classes for like things that you like anything you could ever want they like provide training for it they have like art screening and like printing rooms. They have free art classes. They have a music room where you can just go in and pick up instruments and jam. There's a barber shop. There's an arcade on campus. There is a garden that's on top of two buildings spread out over like six blocks that you could just walk like in the middle of the day. Like, you know, it's just like, it's insane. Yeah. the amount of things they have there and that's just one office you know um and so yeah it was it was mind-blowing <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a lot to take in the first couple of days but yeah well worth it there you go and so obviously shut down prop with that many people in the offices I assume got shut down as soon as COVID hit. Uh, how has it been working from home? And then have you been back to the office? Unless they pick up some supplies and how does that empty office look? Yeah, I mean, we were, I think it was either Twitter or Google that went first. I think probably Twitter and then it was us and then it was Google. So like all the tech companies down here in SF like shut down fairly early. Um, and then this, our, the city itself went on shutdown like fairly, fairly early when all of the COVID stuff hit. Um, I think we were like pretty early March 
months mm-hmm. when everything shut down here. Um, I did go back right before they closed the office and got like my monitor and like all those things. And like, I don't know. I feel like it's been so long now that it's like, I we've onboarded people who have literally never met our coworkers in person. They've never been to the office. And it's just crazy to think that, that like, they, they're like, months of experience that I had in this place like these people who are gearing up to like be on like a similar timeline as me as far as like in office work like the amount of time that like they've worked out of office and we worked from home is like will be the same amount of time I actually worked in the office (laughs) and that just like blows my mind (laughs) um but as far as like working from home like Facebook has been amazing like they gave us all some like extra like cash to like set up our offices at home everybody got a portal like you can um you they like you're able to order anything from like the tech store to like help you as long as it's in the database like they've sent out several surveys asking about like work from home preferences and like what the balance of work from home and work in the office should be when we finally do open up the offices, um, they've been really open about like the timeline of when things are going to happen and like how that'll work. And so um, I, I feel really grateful. Awesome. Yeah. That's, you know, that's great that they're able to, you know, obviously a company of that magnitude be able to help set you up because you know, they're, you know, my brother, he's, kind of scrounging around to get his stuff set up because he's been working from home with everything going on. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little tough when I hear that, you know, his company won't help him out. And I've been in the office since day one because they still deem me essential. Woohoo. <laughs> you know, there, there are times where like, I kind of wish I was working from home just like, like once a week, but it's like at the same time, I do really enjoy that whole aspect of leaving the house and keeping that yeah. routine still on lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I do miss that. Like the like the actually having to get up and get dressed every morning. Yeah. Like <laughs> looking looking fairly presentable other than like from the top up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I feel like you don't realize how much of your life you spend like prepping for work and like winding down from work. So I think in that regard it's been kind of nice to like mm-hmm. not have to do that um but I think it also makes it harder to like when you're working from home to like draw boundaries of like start and stop times yeah yeah so yeah so my my last question for you out of everything you've done in your career as uh pertaining to the journalism communications field you know marketing director digital marketing uh community manager for a little bit it all has the same realm of people. We talked about this again earlier. People is what makes our, our business, you know, move forward. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you to connect with people, whether it is through work or just staying connected with family, staying connected with friends? It's a good question. I think that, you know, we're at our, at our core, we're social animals, like mm-hmm. humans, I think humans need people like there are several studies that lay out the effects of 
human behavior having a profound effect on things that like we didn't even realize they could like there are studies that talk about depression and anxiety and like having a good support system and having a community can be effective in providing a purpose and like helping people recover much faster than if they're alienated and ostracized for things that are like out of their control same thing with addiction right like there are studies of people in portugal where the government helps integrate them back into society instead of labeling them as people who have taboos or issues and like really makes them feel like they're part of a community and they recover at much faster rates and the actual like level of addiction and like drug usage in that that like country is much lower in recent years than it has like ever been in decades past and I think that that is just such a strong reminder of like the power of community Mm -hmm. and the power of having people in in your inner circle and feeling connected and loved and I think that while sometimes social media and like you know journalism like what I do can feel like maybe the wrong people are getting connected to the wrong topics and places and things that there's also a lot of good that comes from it and you know Facebook's like core message is like we have the power to do more together than we ever could alone Hmm. and I think that 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 is like despite all the things that are happening throughout the company like that byline is what makes me really excited to go to work yeah that's a great byline by the way (laughs) that's fantastic Yeah. yeah 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 it's you know you gotta gotta find your people and get some stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe Marie Shaughnessy, my God, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down, chatting with me. And whenever I'm in San Fran, I will obviously hit you up. And then we'll, uh, well, obviously when I'm in San Fran and the world's back to being open, I'd uh, love to see you. I'd love to spend time with you and actually give you a hug in person. Yeah, I mean that would be great. I, you know, <laughs> at some point that would be really nice. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for sticking around to the end of the interview. Do you have any follow-up questions for the guest? Throw them in the comments below. Then I'll work to get them answered for you. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to more episodes, go ahead and follow Keone Chats on Spotify and iTunes. If you want a video version, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to stay connected when I'm not posting things as far as blog posts or podcasts, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, the KC Media 13 handle. And then you can also like and follow the Facebook page of Conluke Media, which is also KC Media. And if you want to become a guest, go ahead and message me those on those platforms. Or you can email me at kcmedia13 at yahoo.com. I'll get you scheduled. Let's connect. Let's have a chat. So until the next episode, everyone, please take care.